Hey everyone, James Labrie from Dream Theater, and you're listening to or watching the podcast Talking Into Infinity with JT and Brian. You're dialed into Talking Into Infinity, a Dream Theater podcast. Be a part of the show live every other Thursday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on YouTube, Facebook, TalkingIntoInfinity.com, or the CMSNetwork.com. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Talking Into Infinity, a Dream Theater podcast. I am your host, John. We are live on Facebook, YouTube, TalkingIntoInfinity.com, and the CMSNetwork.com. We are live at those four locations every other Thursday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you're watching on YouTube, please do not forget to click that like and subscribe button so that you are notified every time that we go live. For example, when we went live, this past Saturday as we had a great chat with James Labrie, Chance Labrie, and Paul Logue about James's new solo record, A Beautiful Shade of Grey. If you would like to catch video replays of the show, check out Heavy Metal Television or just go to our YouTube channel. And if you would like to download audio versions of the podcast, it's very simple. Just Google Talking Into Infinity Podcast. Let me bring on my very good friend and co-host, Brian, what is going on, man? It has definitely been an eventful last few weeks for us on the show here. It's been crazy, man. When's the last time you and I actually did a show where we kind of just sat and talked dream theater? We're like <laughs> going on like four weeks or something or, or close to over a month, I think. Yeah, it's a month. I mean, the last normal, quote unquote, normal show, I was at Sammy Hagar and Aiken was sitting in uh, sitting yeah. in this chair. So we've, we've had a great run, man. We had Aiken, we had Rich Wilson, um, Jordan Rudis, and... Uh, James Labrie, I mean, we're we're halfway to our uh, trying to get the full band on here. You know? All right. Our, our good buddy Tom Collins checking in. He says, hello, gentlemen. Tom, great to see you, man. Thanks for thanks for tuning in. We appreciate it. Uh, he also asks, you get oh, to try Rock is. the Barrel yet. Uh, Tom, you must be uh, behind the scenes somewhere because my drink of choice tonight is actually, let's see if I can get this on the, Rock the Barrel 2. John Petrucci's uh, Iron Smoke uh, Bourbon, and it is, man, it is. I gotta say, man, it is really, really good. I was actually surprised because a lot of these, like, you know, the, you know, the art, art, artisanal bourbons that these bands put out, most of them are complete dog shit, and this one is actually absolutely delicious. So, I mean, it's it's up there in price. I mean, it was one hundred ninety three dollars a bottle, but I mean, it at least at least it's good. I would have been pissed if I got this stuff and it's like, yeah, $193 and it's like pissed, but no, it is not. So I was going to say, how much did you have to up your credit limit just to, to, to buy a bottle of that? <laughs> I know. So oh where does God. it actually come from? It ships from New York or something or what? Yeah. Yeah. The, the distillery is in New York. Okay. Um, yeah. I, I think they still have them on sale actually. Um, they, they made more of this one than they did the first one. I think the first run of rock the barrel one was like 200 bottles and out. So that one was hard to get. But um, yeah. Well, so uh, this yeah. actually came from Chardon. Um, <laughs> this is like, that M. That's a McDonald's. This is a McDonald's Coke. So it was about one hundred and ninety-two dollars less than I think what you paid. <laughs> right. I, I've also I've also got a beer slushy. You know that's nice. a whole other behind-the-scenes story, but. <laughs> 
But uh, yeah, as you said, man, it has been a crazy few weeks, man. We had, uh, for anybody who has not checked these interviews out, we did talk to Jordan Brutus a few weeks ago. Uh, I sat down and talked to uh, the Dream Theater biographer, Rich Wilson. That was a great conversation. And then last Saturday, you and I had the pleasure of sitting down with Paul Logue again, Chance Labrie again, and the man himself, James Labrie. And we did a deep dive into A Beautiful Shade of Grey. And that was a total blast. That was an absolute blast to do. And I think I'm still pinching myself, man. How about how about you? Yeah, that was like the fastest uh, 90 minute interview we ever did, I think. I mean, they were, you know, as we talk, we're we're always nervous about stuff like that. Just in general, you know, we don't want to come off more as more idiots than we actually are. But, you know, I, I thought, man, they seemed really engaged and and uh, seemed to, you know, actually enjoy the questions. And they were really in depth and and uh, Chance was awesome, too, man. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't exactly sure what to expect from him. He's kind of soft spoken. But once he gets going, you know, like he's real in depth. I mean. Yep. just such a great and such a great musician and uh, it's so cool having him be like i don't want to say friend of the show but you know just getting to know all these guys now and the more we kind of had do these type of episodes the more we can probably have them on in the future and maybe they can lead us down the path to other stuff and just to kind of keep this thing growing and rolling yep completely agree man uh jg3 is checking in good to see you man uh, he said, if it was a little cheaper, I would have pulled the trigger on the rock the barrel just a bit out of my price range at the moment. What's up, guys? Chris Moran uh, says, who is next to be on this live show? Uh, I will just say that I have a few irons in the fire right now. Some are closer uh, than others to a confirmation, but we do have other guests in the pipeline, and there's definitely going to be some really, really cool stuff coming up. So, uh, again click that like and subscribe button there's that you know youtube uh <laughs> ad again but uh that uh second jg3 comment the new megadeth single what what are your thoughts on that i i don't know what i think about it uh i love it <laughs> I, I, really? I, th- I thought it was great yeah uh not not that big of a chorus but i i thought it was awesome uh the new queensrike single i loved uh the ozzy single is like it's okay it's yeah okay. ozzy's kind of rough <laughs> yeah i think the it, same it, about that as the megadeth like i like the verse um, but the course is just, I don't know, just give me a little bit more riffing too. It's like, yeah, you know, I don't know. Just well, one or two little extra things in there. That's what was weird to me about the Ozzy thing is that for once, I feel like the music actually let him down. It wasn't his vocals or his lyrics or anything. Like I thought it was like classic kind of creepy, weird Ozzy and the music underneath just isn't, I mean, he's got some good vocal melodies in there, and the music underneath just isn't great. I was like, what the hell is that? Well, that so, guitar player he's got is not the guy for Ozzy. I mean, Bob and I, my coworker Bob Heard was over last week, and we were listening to it, and it's like, this is not, you know, that guy from California Breed. I forgot what his name is, but yeah, it's a blues rock guy. Like, dude, you need a metal guy. <laughs> it's got to be, it's got to yeah. be somebody who's got some metal in his veins, and that dude is a great guitar player, but he does not have that. Yeah. Totally, totally agree, man. So why don't we get into tonight's topic? Tonight we are uh, presenting, each of us has written our ultimate dream theater set list. Uh, oh, real quick, uh, Tom Cullen, he says, also, I forgot, thank you for my astonishing mailer. Uh, you're very welcome, man. You are very, very welcome. Glad we can get that out. Um, for any of you guys watching right now or listening, if you would like to get a uh, 
an astonishing, a mini astonishing tour program from the 2017 leg of the tour, just shoot us an email at talkingintoinfinity uh, at gmail.com. Uh, we do have to limit it to uh, United States mailing only. I found out the hard way that shipping overseas is ungodly expensive. <laughs> so, um, yeah, let's keep it to the U.S. because I don't want to charge anybody for this stuff. So, um, there we go. Our buddy Aiken is chiming in. He says, the Aussie guy is Andrew Watt. There we go. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I agree with you. He needs a metal guitar player. So, but yeah. So uh, Brian and I are presenting our dream, uh, dream theater set lists. So we did have a couple criteria. We have two sets, so we're doing an evening with. Each set is has to be kept to ninety minutes, and you get one encore song. So if you're gonna pick vacant, you burn it out in like three minutes. If you're gonna pick, <laughs> you know, Count of Tuscany, then you got twenty two minutes, whatever the hell it is. So nineteen, whatever. Um. I mine actually I I wrote I basically went through the list and I I just marked down songs that I would love to hear live or that I thought would be cool in the set list and then I decided to whittle it down from there once I looked at the time and I only had to cut out like three songs oddly enough I was really kind of surprised my set list is 22 songs and it's three hours and 14 minutes what what how did you do yours and you know what's your song you know count and set length eight nine ten <laughs> ten songs in set one <laughs> uh, ten songs I'm, in set one okay yeah i'm just over uh both sets i'm over by like two minutes and then my encore is not that long so i think i'm at three hours three and fifteen roughly yeah about okay. the same view, i guess yeah okay um we did have an interesting comment on our Facebook page today that, you know, our buddy Kale McLeish asked, like, are we taking into account, like, past members and can they play like they used to? Can they sing like that? I was like, no, I just figured it'd be cool to see what a, what an ultimate set list would look like. So um, I have 20 total and that includes my encore. OK, I, I've, I've got 22. Um, I also have an I intro. Yeah, I, I thought I would have less. I don't know about you. But I thought you'd have less for sure. <laughs> Adam Rishog. We all know John's encore is Trial of Tears. Well, I guess you're gonna have to wait to find out, Adam. <laughs> How long before they guess like five of my songs? I, I know. My mine mine I actually wrote I have an intro track, but I also even have like stage directions, like stage chatter and stage black and you know, so that you know you can blend tunes together. So Man, uh, I had this killer idea that maybe I'll reveal once we're done because I couldn't figure out a way to end up to put this in there. So I'll tell about it at the end. I ended up having to take the song out. And I, I wish I had not now, but I don't think it fit with what I was doing, but okay. no, like, I don't have any stage directions, but I, like I said, I did have this other kind of weird idea. I'll talk about that later, but uh, I have one, uh, one, one member doing a solo. It should be really hard to figure out who that is. <laughs> sure. It's on my own. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, I, have, I don't have any solos. I don't have any solos. I mean, when but, I say um, solo, you know, you know how it, how it goes with this person. It's not really a solo per se. It's like a piece of music almost that, that sure. intro something else. So. JG3 says, intro, a nightmare to remember where the curtain fails to fall, like at the show I saw. <laughs> I, 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 I did not write snafus in here, Jay. <laughs> That's literally a nightmare to remember. <laughs> yeah, it is. All right, so I will let you start. So what do you have as song number one, or how, how are you starting the show off? Man, I want to say right now, 
I have some recency bias because I am just digging the shit out of View from the Top of the World. Okay. I don't know what it is. Like, you know how sometimes it's, I think we even said this album was a grower, didn't we? Yes, very much. And so. it's easy to say that, but it's another thing to really mean that. But man, I'm, I, I love that heavy driving riff of answering the call. And I'm like, what if they just come out and rip right into this song? <laughs> wow. Like, okay. I mean, talk about left field. No one thinks I'm going to have that on there, but I'm just yeah. like, I, I started like messing around with different songs. And then I was like, I'm listening to top of the world again. And I'm like, I got to get this in there. And then I'm like, I, was, I, I sort of had this little three song thing. I'd worked in my head and I'm like, what song works first? So I, I I've got answering the call. <laughs> awesome. All right. I, I did not expect that at all. I told so, you, there's no way you'll guess my first three. Yeah. Um, so I have an intro video and I, I want to preface all my stuff by saying that any of the graphics are done by Wayne Joyner in my ultimate set list because Wayne does kick ass work. So, uh, yeah, uh, everything's done by Wayne, but because this is my ultimate set list and I could, you know, it's my party. I can cry if I want to, uh, they are introing with an awesome sci-fi inspired video by Wayne Joyner to the tune of the main theme of star Wars. <laughs> Nice. So I had to do it. Uh, and the opening song, you know, after in the presence of enemies, part one, they go right into it. So I, ju- I just think that that is such a cool opener. Um, I-, I had a lot of different choices. Actually, I, I, I think I, I went through like seven different songs on my list that I thought could be show openers, and I had to reserve two because I needed you know, an intro for each set. And something about In the Presence of Enemies just really grabbed me, and I'll explain why at the end because um, it might give something else away. But I have In the Presence of Enemies Part 1. Not shocked. I mean, we've said before that's an incredible set opener or encore or wherever the hell you want to put it. But uh, yeah, that's cool. After the Star Wars, I would love to see them like play that theme, you know, metal it up or whatever like that. What's that band that you've seen before? Galactic Empire. Yeah, I would love to see like, I mean, obviously those dudes could easily play. That would be cool as hell as like if you did the orchestrated version and then they sort of jam it out and then you go right into that. That would be cool. That's what I thought too, because I was picturing on the Systematic Cast or when they opened with like the, the theme from 2001, and that was just amazing. That was my favorite intro that they've ever done. So I was picturing something like that. So great minds think alike on that one. Um, all right. So moving on to our second song in our ultimate set list, you opened with Answering the Call. What are you going into as a second song? Well, you know me in, in this album in general. Not a massive fan, but I've got to get the song on there. Innocence Faded. Second. Wow. Okay. Now, do you have these in a particular order for a particular reason? Or are you just kind of listing songs? No, I actually thought I had a sort of a rhyme or reason to how they were fitting together. And then when I okay. get kind of further down, I'll kind of tell you more why, or you'll see why. Okay. All right. So that is your second song. Okay. So I have... You know, in the presence of enemies, and it fades out, and then you're boom, 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 bang, and they go into a fortune in lies. So, without realizing I had done it, I put another album opener second in the set, and I will preface this by saying my first three songs are connected, 
so there's no there's no breaks or anything like that. Um, the first stage chatter does not happen until after my third song. But uh, yeah, fortune and lies. I just thought it would be cool if you picture you know them fading out that note, the crowd goes nuts, and then you hear yep. boom, boom, boom. Like you're like, oh crap, what the hell? So I thought that was a really cool song to pull out. You know, being off the first record, it's immediately a, a you know from their very first record, it's like as old as you can get. So I thought I thought that was kind of a cool thing to do to kind of throw a monkey wrench into things a little bit right off the bat there. Um, so yeah. And oddly enough, like my first few songs are only like 23 minutes total, 23, 24 minutes or something like that. So, um, all right. So I have a fortune in lies second for that reason. So you're going answering the call innocence faded. And what is dream theater doing next at your ultimate set list? Lost, but not forgotten. Minus the butt. <laughs> Very uh, cool. Very yeah, cool. I mean, it, it, um, you know, that's one of my favorite Jordan piano intros that he does on anything. And those first couple songs, not, you know, a ton of Jordan work in there. I mean, there's obviously Jordan work in everything, but not featured that way. So it's like, boom, you know, we're going to go right into that. He's going to start it off. And it's just such a big, giant, bombastic song you know coming after kind of a you know sort of a melodic rocker a little bit a little bit more mid-tempo but yeah i I love lost not forgotten that's the song that i'm trying to think if i've ever seen him play it probably not but uh yeah it would be very cool to see that one okay yeah i I was i was wondering how long it would take you to get into dramatic turn so (laughs) three songs longer than you thought Right. <laughs> so that was that was cool. Um, our our buddy Chris Moran, he says my set list would be as I am, endless sacrifice, answering the call, a nightmare to remember, a rite of passage, the shattered fortress on the backs of angels, the looking glass, in the presence of enemies, part two, and in the name of God. That's pretty. That's pretty solid. That's crazy. Open, answering the call in there. I like that. Right. And he's opening with a double shot of uh, a double shot of train of thought. Yeah, a lot of love for train of thought there. Yeah. All right. So my set so I've I've done in the presence of enemies into a fortune and lies. And the a fortune and lies obviously ends and I figure the stage is dark for a couple seconds so that the crowd can cheer and then you get going into the alien. So I'm just I when I I actually made a set list of these, a playlist, I should say, on my Amazon music app. And when I listened back to these songs in a row, I was like, oh, that kind of kicks ass, man. I was really proud of my opening three. Yep. So, you know, because you, you get the fade out in, in Presence of Enemies and then, you know, going into A Fortune and Lies, that one stops dead. And you can, you know, Alien just starts up with drums. So I just thought that would be a really, really cool, you know, really, really cool way to kind of open the show. And it's yet another album opener in my, in my first three. <laughs> So I I just thought that'd be really cool. Um, obviously, you know, touch on the on the new record right off the bat. Um, so I I just thought that'd be just such a cool thing to see. And then after that, you know, James talks to the crowd, so that's where I have my first stage chatter, and you know, he's BSing and stuff like that. So, um, well, we did our when we did our album op- album opener episode. Um, if you remember, I think we said like, well, what if we did have a whole set of these? <laughs> How would we arrange them? <laughs> yeah. Well, we have to figure that out sometime. <laughs> There's another show topic. <laughs> All right. So what do you have as your fourth song? So we'll take a little break after Lost because we got three 
three bangers in a row there and james will you know do some blabbing what about whatever and then uh something off of the next to last album uh barstool warrior okay good call good call i i think that is that that's almost like a must I, I think that that is some of the songs on my list and i'm sure you have the same thing like yeah you, you almost kind of can't leave them out of something like this because we we gush over them so damn much that it's like if we yeah. didn't have them on here as yeah, much well, as they're well, welcome to my second set that's pretty much what that's gonna be <laughs> I, I went back and forth on this i almost fit something else in here and then i was like eh i came close to taking it out and i'm like i can't i gotta leave it in there so yeah my my first set is more of the heavier side of things and then the second set it it really pulls out some some crazy stuff that you wouldn't think that I've got on there or that you wouldn't think they would ever put into a show. So, um, all right. So <clears throat> fourth song for me, James is talking and he says, all right, let's get back to train of thought. And the drums come in and they go into honor thy father. Nice. I thought, I thought that that would be a really cool selection off of that record. Um, it's just absolutely obnoxious in terms of its lyrics and, the you know the start ug, 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 the you know the stuttering guitar part and everything and yep. that's just a good heavy tune. I really like I say like I front loaded this show with a lot of the heavier stuff and some bang and things. So I just thought that'd be really cool. Like you know you're all pumped up from the first three James talks and then all of a sudden you get on or they father. It's like what the hell. So that is my fourth song. Uh, all right, so. Your fifth song, what do you have at number five? This will be the first one where they kind of have an intro that doesn't really involve them, and I'm I'm going into the great debate. <laughs> nice. Okay. I yeah, love this, that song. Yeah, so do I. And uh, probably one of those I don't know that I'll ever get to see it live. Maybe I will at some point. But, uh, you know, you kind of hipped me to the appreciation of this album probably more than any of them as we talked since we started the sh- show and, like, that song has just become one of my favorites of theirs and i, I don't know man i just just all the little cool sound clips or the way they're placed they're just so neat you know it's like i don't know if you're into that kind of stuff in general it's like a, just a giant nerd fest you know <laughs> like how did they clip all this and put it in there and put the killer music over it and produce it like that and like i would love to see the process of a putting together a song like that you know yeah i i've never understood why that song doesn't get more love I've I've never understood that. So uh that's that's a great choice, man. Uh for me at number five, after after Honor Thy Father at four, the stage goes black and then there's a fade in, as it does on the Octavarium record, and after the fade in they go into these walls. Uh, that is that on here. <laughs> I called that from a mile away. <laughs> <laughs> you know me too well, man. Um yeah, that's just one of those songs that I've always loved and I don't I don't think it gets enough attention. Um, I don't remember if I ever saw that one live. I I know that it was on like the bonus songs disc of Live at Luna Park, but I don't think I ever saw them perform it. But it's one I've always wanted to see. I, I think that is a criminally underrated song. And um, I just love how the chorus, like John Petrucci's just hitting a chord, like boom, boom. Like it's, there's, there's nothing to yep. it. To the point where I actually ripped that idea off for a song that I wrote uh, with my band APG 
a couple of years after that. I was just like, man, you know, I had been thinking about it. Like, what if you just hold chords out? And then John Petrucci did it. I was like, okay, if John Petrucci can do it, then I can do it. <laughs> Which song? So, uh, it's a song called Wish in One Hand, and it's literally three chords in the chorus. It just hits an open and then an open and then a two. Like, it's, I don't know the actual notes because I'm terrible with that shit, but um, I wrote it as simple as possible. My, my singer put this huge hook over it so i did steal that idea but um yeah so at number five i've got these walls so what do you have at number six i actually have to do these i have to do the next two um so we're gonna come out we're gonna sort of strip it down we're gonna mellow out because we just kind of just got bashed over the head by the great debate (laughs) for (laughs) 12 minutes or nine or whatever it is however many minutes it is sure um strip it down we're gonna go into silent man oh i love it and then that's going to lead right into Along for the Ride. Like, basically, <laughs> like, hardly no break, just like seamlessly going into that. So, you're doing like a Live at Luna Park with the double, the double mellow song in the middle. Yeah. I figure okay. well, you know, if you're going to strip it down mellow, you might as well get two songs in there. And, and uh, the chances I'm going to probably pick, there was only really like maybe one other song I would take off of the self titled. And uh, I've always, liked along for the ride i got definitely liked it even more the more you guys talked about it and i sort of dug into it so i think that's killer kind of combo right there i like that man i like that so okay <clears throat> so that's your six and seven correct yep all right so i'll do my six and seven again these three are together my five six and seven and then we're doing stage chatter okay. so at number five i had these walls and for those of you who remember the song, at the end, it's got that sound effect that leads into uh, Walk Beside You. And it, you know, so it gets to the end and it does the sound effect. And, you know, it goes, shh. So it does that. So I have it doing the sound effect and it immediately goes, shh, into erotomania. Nice. So I just thought that'd be cool to have that like that swell and then erotomania hits and you know James is getting a break here you know for almost seven minutes. Um, I, erot- I know we did our instrumental thing and we were talking about best instrumental tracks and I didn't have this as high as some other things, but I still love it. And I thought that'd be a really cool thing to put in the middle of, of the first set here at number six. It's six out of ten. It's a perfect spot for James to you know get some get some air. Um, and I'm doing a double shot. So Erotomania fades out, and on the album it goes into Voices, but on my set list it fades out and it goes into Scarred. I think that's a song they don't play enough. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, it's too bad Kale's not on because I know he's got a hard on for that song. Like <laughs> nobody's business. <laughs> but um, yeah, I I just thought that'd be a really cool thing to do a double shot of Awake right there. Um, you know, especially you know because James has got some difficult vocal work on scarred so it's good to give him a little breather with erotomania so i knew you'd uh, have that in there too i wasn't sure what <laughs> i thought you maybe have it later in the second set or something but uh that right. doesn't surprise me jg3 says the mini acoustic set is a cool idea i liked when they did that and he also says i like in this hypothetical set list you are giving james a break <laughs> see jg3 here's here's the, here's the thing like like for every band i've been in i've written all the set lists so for God, what is it like 28 years or something i've been writing set lists so when when brian had this idea i when i'm writing mine that's why i have like stage chatter stage black and i'm, I'm picturing 
<laughs> like how this would actually flow in a concert setting because I'm so used to writing it this way for my band. So like, I couldn't get out of my established patterns there. So, um, but yeah, scarred. And then uh, James is going to talk to the crowd again for a little bit. So, uh, number eight is next. Uh, and by the way, how many songs do you have in your first set? Ten. Okay. Okay. Great. I I have ten as well. Yeah. So okay. So at number eight, what do you have? More recency bias, and I'm bummed now. The more I think about that, they didn't play this. Uh, short of the happy song by Petrucci, this is the happiest, most feel good riff they have. Transcending time. Okay. Yeah, we've been kind of mellow for a while, and it's like, man, now let's really just kind of get the energy pumping, and uh, everyone's going to sing along to this. You know, they're probably singing along to the mellow stuff anyway. But I don't know this is just a this is a fun giant melodic hook of a song. I love this song. Yeah, you can't you can't go wrong with transcending time. I think um hell that whole record like you said it's a grower. I've I listened to it recently like man, this is it's one of those things that keeps getting better as I listen to it. Um kind of like we talked about last week on, you know, our discussion with James Labrie, like his new solo records like that. The more you listen to it, you're like, "Damn, like I got this stuff in my head." So, um yeah, that that's a damn good selection, man. I like that one. So, for me, James is going to talk a little bit and this is the first mellow break of the show for me uh, coming into my last three songs of the set. I also have 10. And James Labrie, you know, intros this one. And I hope someday I get to actually see this song live. It is out of reach. So I absolutely love that song. That was like the very first thing when we came, when you came up with this idea, I was like, okay, I want to hear out of reach live. So that is that is my number eight. Uh, our buddy, our buddy Kale is chiming in. He's he's slept in today. So Kale, hopefully you're feeling better, man. Kale's been pretty under the weather. Uh, he says, "Sorry, I'm late. Can you tell me what you started with? My first set opens with only a matter of time and under a glass moon. Wow, good selections. Um, Kale, mine intros with uh, a Wayne Joyner video." And uh, it's to the Star Wars main theme, go figure. And my first three are In the Presence of Enemies, Part 1, A Fortune in Lies, and The Alien, before James actually talks. And Brian, give Kale your first three as a recap. I have Answering the Call, Innocence Faded, Lost, Not Forgotten. There we go. (laughs) Kale's getting called out by JG3. Hey, Kale, it's okay that you're late, but don't let it happen again or else. Right. (laughs) Nice. So, all right. So, number nine. What do you have as number nine? Your second to last song in your first set. Well, this is why I only have ten songs because of this one. <laughs> I got Octavarium in here. <laughs> wow, you're gonna hit him with a 24 minute song in the first set, huh? Yeah. I mean, you know, you're gonna have to have an epic in here at some point. So, okay, uh, might as well be kind of a little bit more. I don't, don't want to do it too early, you know. Um, and I thought like, you know, we had a little bit of the mellowness and then we get the really super bouncy transcending time. We started out pretty rocking. So I thought this is a good place to, to, to fit this in right here. Sure. I, I was waiting for this one. Adam Rishog, our good friend. He says, yes, Brian. I was, <laughs> as soon as you said Octavarium, I'm like, all right, where's Adam? <laughs> JG3, Octavarium, yum, yum. <laughs> So I don't. Were you at the gigant? Did we talked about this before? Were you at the Gigantor show? Yeah, I was at. I, yeah, 
Did they play? Not not, not Cleveland. I I caught. Uh, I saw one song in Chicago. Uh, no, I. You know what? I did. I did catch them in Cleveland. I just don't remember what they played. Did they play Octavarium? No, because they were opening for Megadeth. They were like mean. They were the second to last. Well, no, band. I know that. I just wasn't sure. I, I couldn't remember this. But this was that no. tour, I believe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because I remember they played "Walk Beside You" and and yeah, as yeah. I am or whatever. Uh, a root of all evil. Um, okay. Yeah, I mean, you know, I. I think this song needs to be in there. I, there's just so many cool vocals and the way this song just builds and builds and builds. It starts. It's. It's a little bit slow that first couple minutes there, or, you know, and people might be, oh, I got to run and quick get a drink, you know, <laughs> yeah. go run and get your drink and then come back four minutes. And, and that's, you know, the last 19 is amazing. You know? <laughs> well, I like that selection. Uh, that is not what I did with mine. After my eighth song out of reach, it fades out. Give it a little bit of a break. And then the guitar comes in and you're listening to the beautiful strains of barstool warrior so nice. we have a repeat on our list so um i was wondering how many of those there would actually be but you know you gotta have barstool warrior that song is pretty much dream theater perfection it it always amazes me that song is only six minutes and 43 seconds long it feels longer but not in a bad way like it feels like you're on this journey and it just keeps going and you're god this song is so good and you fit you think it's longer than it is and it, it's you know it's it's just fantastic. So I was not surprised that you had it, and I'm sure you weren't surprised that I put it in my set list either. No. So, all right. So number ten to close out your first set. What do you have? I have again recency bias. Awaken the master, because after you know wow, that okay. 23 minutes of we're kind of mellowed out, man. Man, okay, you know we're we're sort of zoned out. It's like, dude, we need to. We need to get the metal going. We need that riff that just, you know, slam us right in the stomach and in the head and, 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 you know, sort of wake up there. And, uh, I originally had Dark Eternal Night there and I swapped okay. it out for Awaken the Master. I just thought Dark Eternal Night's been done enough. Um, I want to hear Awaken the Master there. Okay. All right. That makes sense. I, I'm, I'm going to say, man, Chris Moran has a good I, – I, I would pick this one over your closer. Uh, Chris Moran says, at wit's end. I, I, think, I think I would prefer that as a set closer. Um, but Awaken the Master is cool. Everyone loves the eight string. But I'm going to say, Brian, that I think I uh, bested you in my set closer because as Barstool Warrior is ringing out – my my closing song of the set did it did it did it did it did it learning to live that that's you know you get that wah, wah. Nice. that that to me is always just feels so anthemic at the end of a set so i had to i had to put that on there um that that was one of those things that i knew i was going to do uh, was was close one of the sets with learning to live and the reason I did not I, I actually actually have two reasons why I didn't close the second set with it but I'll get to that later so yeah so going through it real quick mine is introing with Star Wars and a Wayne Joyner video then it's in the presence of enemies part one a fortune and lies the alien James talks then we've got honor thy father stage goes black for a fade in 
They go into these walls. That sound effect fades in. It goes right into Rotomania, which then goes right into Scarred. Then James talks, and then we go into Out of Reach, right into Barstool Warrior, right into Learning to Live, and that is my first set. So recap yours very, very quickly, and we'll move on. Of course, I went, I went to my next set here. So, <laughs> <laughs> Of course. <laughs> All right. Uh, answering the call, Innocence Faded, Lost Not Forgotten. Quick little break there. Barstool Warrior, The Great Debate. Uh, quick break to set up acoustic for Silent Man and along for the ride. That won't really be done acoustically, but, you know, just mellows things out. Transcending Time, Octavarian, and uh, wanted to sort of go out on a big metal riff with Awaken the Master. These are some damn good sets, man. I hope the guys, I hope the guys are listening because we're, <laughs> we're giving them some gold. <laughs> So Adam Rishog says, Glass Prison, Fall into the Light, These Walls, Answering the Call, Along for the Ride, Behind the Veil, Barstool Warrior with Closer, Bridges in the Sky. That's a good closer. I like that one. I can't believe Answering the Call keeps coming up here. I must be onto something with this. I, th- I thought I was yeah. like, had some unique deal here, and everyone's like on board. And we got Barstool Warrior and Along for the Ride. Sweet. Yep. I. Kale says his one his first set is only a matter of time. Glass under a glass moon, caught in a web, lines in the sand, uh, overture nineteen twenty eight, uh, strange deja vu, blind faith in the name of God, sacrifice sons. Excellent selection there. It almost made my list. Dark eternal night and ending on rite of passage. I I will say one thing, Kale. I do not like that as a set closer. I think that's a very weak set closer. <laughs> I think JG3 agrees. JG3 says, right of passage, more like wrong of passage. (laughs) Oh, I love it. Give Kale some credit. He's drawing a line in the sand. And I'm going to segue into, I will take over set two, and I will run this set two. That is my set two opener that you would have never guessed in four million years. Wow. Okay. Lines in sand. Okay. Man, I I was going into... uh, in, uh, I was about to say talking into infinity like you do, falling into yeah. infinity, and <laughs> right. kind of fishing around a little bit. Like, what's something that people that I, that I probably really want to hear of or hear? Just deep dive and like lines in the sand. I'm like, the more I listen to it, the more I just dug the crap out of it. I'm like, this would be a killer set opener. Yeah, the way it starts kind of mellow and stuff, a little bit of keyboards, and and uh, this is the one I think has Doug Pennick on it. Vocals yep. are killer. Like, I mean, this is just a this is just a great song. I don't. I it just. It just felt right for me, so I, I put it right there as my opener. What did you have for set two? So before I get to my opener, it's funny you mentioned uh, Falling Into Infinity because for those of you guys who have not watched our interview with James and Chance and Paul last week, make sure you go do that, first of all. But second of all, I made mention of the – someone referenced uh, Take Away My Pain, and I was, I was saying something to James, and I happened to mention that Falling Into Infinity is my favorite record, and he made a face kind of like a, what the hell, really? <laughs> like, that was really funny to me i was like damn even james is like no one tells me that so that was (laughs) that was kind of funny but uh all right so you pulled your first song off of my favorite record and for me to open up my second set i actually pulled a song off of my favorite record and i'm going with new millennium so I something about that I've always loved. I love the groove to it. I think it, I think it's you know it sets a good tone for a set. I, I, it's got some good jams to it. I, I've always really liked that song. Uh, plus, you know, you get you get the Chapman stick, so you get something really wonky right off the bat. And then um, 
after that song, stage goes black. And uh, we're waiting for my second song. Uh, so take it away. What is your second song, John? Oh, we're going out of order now. Okay. <laughs> so you, you said you're going to lead, so I'm waiting for you to lead, my friend. Uh, oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, but b- bang up job, Brian. Bang up yeah. job. <laughs> All right. I'll just tell you my second song since okay. I'm going first. That's right. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to copy one of yours. I'm going to go with uh, it felt weird at first, but then it felt good. That's what she said. In the presence of enemies, <laughs> part one. Oh, very nice. Okay. Know, it, it just felt like it fit fit right there. Um Okay. You know, it's still second song is still almost kind of, you know, people are probably still kind of coming back and getting ready to for another 90 minutes, you know, so it almost doesn't feel like it's, you know, it's obviously not the opener of the set, but yeah, it felt good at number two there. And, uh, you know, I, there's about five songs we gush over nonstop and this is one of them. So Yeah. So I don't know what else to say about it. So <laughs> yeah, not really a surprise that we both have it on our list. Yeah, I, I um, would be stunned if that one was not on both of our lists. Yeah. So, all right. So for me, I open the second set with New Millennium, and then the stage goes black for a bit. You know, kind of building anticipation, and then it kicks into something which I don't think that you would have ever thought I would have pulled a song off of this record. But my second song is the Looking Glass. So wow. It, yeah, as I, I literally went through the track listing, uh, I literally went through the track listing of all the records, and I was like, you know what, that song is kind of cool. And I wanted, I wanted to have some songs that people wouldn't really expect from me, or you know, this late in their career, maybe from the band. And it turns out that a lot of my wonky choices ended up in the second set, like most of them. So I think my second set is pretty eclectic. Um, but I kind of dig that because I know as a fan, like, you know, most of the heavier, longer stuff I think was in the first set. So I know for me, like if I started getting more proggy stuff or interesting choices in the second set, it would really keep me engaged. So, yeah, stage is black. Wait for a second and then bang into the looking glass. So that is that is my second song. Number three, I have Dream Theater doing a cover of Poison's Back to the Rocking Horse. <laughs> uh, stay with me, if you will, on this. <laughs> <laughs> it's between, between that or a cover of trickster one in a million <laughs> no i that's fantastic uh, i was it's funny because when some of these songs get mentioned oh earlier i have to like i have to not say anything so i don't give anything away uh i have at wit's end okay uh number three i mean i i think i'm on record that that is my favorite song on uh distance over time okay um, yeah, especially I talked before about that that ending solo and stuff, and uh, yep. yeah, that's that's a song I I just love him, but everything about it, I mean, it's just a perfect uh, melodic melodic heavy, you know, great uh, great ending to that one. Yep, uh, our buddy Robert Reams, good to see you, man. He says uh, he has a, a list of about to crash, losing time, as I am, Metropolis Part One, Innocence Faded, Raise the Knife excellent deep cut there man uh these walls dark eternal night and surrender to reason all right Another that's pretty cut, damn good surrender to reason you don't hear yeah. that talk about ever very much so uh okay so my third song so we've done the looking glass which fades out you know and then it just kind of fades out and my next song my third song in the second set actually fades in so they can kind of crossfade. i also have the majesty and beauty 
that is the great debate. I absolutely nice. love this song. That was one that I was like, that's going in the set. There were a few of these, and I'm like, that ha- this has to go in the set. So, yeah, so I've got the great debate, and we talked about it earlier, and you hit it on the head. It's just, I've always loved this song. So, you know, when we talked about Six Degrees, I was gushing over it, and it's, I'm glad you got into it, because that song is, is one of the single most underappreciated Dream Theater songs there is. And uh, so I had to put it in here. So my third song is The Great Debate, and then James will talk to the crowd after that. So... Yeah, I'm gonna have a little uh, talking crowd thing here after after we did at Wit's End, and James is gonna come out and say something along the lines of, "Yeah, you know, we uh, back in uh, 1992 was it? Uh, we came out with this little album. Maybe you know, people have never heard of it, uh, called Images and Words, and they are gonna do a back to back. I'm gonna repeat you here. We're gonna go wait for sleep into learning to live." Oh, so you're giving four and five. Okay. Yeah, I'm giving four and five because you can't do wait for sleep and not do learning to live. That would be complete insanity. Okay. That just I like it. Happen. So, yeah. So, and, and I originally was kind of going to end the set with that, but I'm like, you know what? So let's put it in here instead. You know what I mean? It's, it's still a super high, you know, high point of the set and, and uh, without totally, because we still got a ton of killer stuff we can end with. And uh, I thought it would be fun to fit it right there. Okay. Uh, Kale McLeish says, I'm kind of surprised that John didn't put Trial of Tears there after how great the crossfade is in the Breaking the Fourth Wall DVD. I didn't want to repeat that, Kale, actually. I did think about that, but I didn't want to repeat it. So I thought that would be kind of derivative. Uh, Adam Rishog says, The Great Debate is my second set opener. Top five Dream Theater song of all time. I agree with you on that wholeheartedly, man. Uh, it's definitely in my top five as well. Now, as for my fourth and fifth songs... So great debate ends and James is talking to the crowd and he says, we're going to go way back in the time machine again. And dream theater is going to play status seeker. That is, (laughs) I, I love that song. I know it's like the last song they wrote for when dream and day unite. It was meant to be like, Hey, let's try and write a single. I don't care. Something about that song. I have always absolutely loved. And I would love to see that song live. Um, Honestly, right here, I almost put To Live Forever, but I thought Status Seeker would be much cooler, at least for me, and this is my ultimate set list, so I make the rules around here. Uh, <laughs> so they play Status Seeker, the stage goes black, let the, let the suspension build, and then you're going to love this one, Brian. All of you listening, watching, everybody in the chat are going to love this well, here selection. We go. Here it comes. Out of the black, you hear the piano. Doom, 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 doom. Ding, ding. Space divest. <laughs> you could call it a troll job if you want, me trolling everybody, but I actually do love that song and I, I have seen it live and I absolutely loved it live. So, um, yeah. Space divest. So I've, I've got uh, four and five or status seeker, black stage just to build the tension, and then space divest. <laughs> Adam Rishog. Adam Rishog. I thought you were going to say repentance. <laughs> That's my encore, a 30-minute extended jam version of Repentance. I would love to know what the band would say to uh, doing that four and five you just proposed there. That Could you <laughs> imagine? They'd probably throw you out of their dressing room or whatever. Yeah. But you know what, though? For super hardcore fans, you'd be like, oh, my God, this is awesome. Like, when do you ever hear that stuff? Like, Actually, <laughs> like, I think Status Seeker is a cool kind of a different song. I don't think yeah. there's anything sweet theater about it, but... Uh, 
Well, I like it. Robert Robert Husted says, I knew John was going to pick Space Dive Vest. <laughs> Unfortunately, Robert, I think everybody knew. <laughs> I think that was an obvious one, you know. Oh, it's Kale, like, track four, Outcry. Now, there is... That's there we I go. Was, I was uh, flip-flopping on. That's that's an under uh, definitely an underappreciated, I think, song on uh, an album that you can't stand. <laughs> I never said I can't stand dramatic turn of events. Damn you! I can't. I can't wait till we do that deep. Dive. All right, so we are at number six. Number six. Number and six. How, and how many songs do you have in your list? Because I have eleven in mine. I my think I only have nine, and then uh, one for the encore. Okay. One, two, three, four. <laughs> yeah, we did say twenty, so that would make sense. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Okay. So I cannot believe you. Well, I guess I can believe you put this in there more than I did. Um, but uh, I've got a repeat here on you. I have honor thy father. <laughs> what? No way. Yeah, I started. To, wow. Started jamming some train of thought, trying to go. Man, is there something dip? You know, because there's obvious, you know, obvious opening song could put on there. Yeah. And I was like, you know, I'm starting to dig this heavier part more and more and more and more. I'm really digging this heavy thing. So I'm like, when can okay. I? When should I bust this out? And I'm like. I'm like, yeah, let's put it right after learning to live. Why not? So, yeah, that's what I've got. Honor thy father. Wow. Okay. Nice. Well, me for number six. Status Seeker, you know, it's kind of a poppier tune for them. Space Divest is weird, but it is a little slower. So after Space Divest, James is talking. James is talking. And then James tells us a little story about a beautiful little piano part that was written for the falling into infinity record and we get anna lee nice i that's another one of those songs i think is underrated uh it's very different from anything that they have in their catalog i've always really really liked that song i mean go figure it's on my favorite record um so i just i just think that would be a really cool you know a really cool song to have on there so uh i i don't know i've always wanted to see that live and i know it's on you know, the once in a lifetime DVD, you know, when they're doing that, was it Rotterdam or something? I think when they're doing kind of the unplugged show, but, um, yeah. So my number six is Anna Lee. Nice. I'm not shocked. That was one. I probably would have been 50, 50 that you were probably going to put in there from that. Um, <laughs> uh, I got to go with the standard here. We've just kind of had our heads bashed in by honor their father. So we need like just a classic big giant upbeat, uh, breaking all illusions. <laughs> nice okay so you got breaking all illusions at number seven okay yeah i this is gonna surprise you i actually don't have that one on my list well, you're not supposed to tell me that ahead of time John. well i mean we're close to the end so <laughs> you know i'm, I'm letting you well, look I'm, out I'm not, i guess i'm not totally surprised <laughs> i was gonna say I, I let you look over the security barrier and, and kind of like peek at my set list <laughs> so um yeah that, that's that's a phenomenal song. You can't go wrong with that. I mean, you and I have been on record how many episodes just extolling the virtues of that particular track. So not a surprise there. I, I, that's one I knew that you would have. Um, for me, I'm keeping the mellow stuff going. And uh, I put along for the ride here. So I, I have kind of four, you know, kind of mellower ones, but they're all you know, not that long. I mean, Space Divest is seven and a half minutes, but the others are four, five, and four. So, so you know, it, it provides a nice little breather and kind of gets you ready for the end of the show. 
So yeah, my number seven, I have along for the ride. And I got to tell you, I was absolutely shocked when I finished mine to find that I had two songs from the self-titled record on my list. Yeah, so, that's for sure. <laughs> I, I, I was like, wow, okay, I'm being very judicious with this. So Yeah, I would have I pegged you for along for the ride, but Looking Glass, that threw me. Yeah. Uh, so Kale says he put two in from The Astonishing. Raven's Kill is his number six, and his number seven is Moment of Betrayal. Yeah, I try. I so, tried with that to do anything other than, uh, you know, the obvious new world or whatever. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. It was. I, I even actually kind of listened to Raven's Kill a little bit. I, I thought Moment of Betrayal was would be a little weird, but Raven's Kill I was kind of close. But I'm like, eh, it just didn't seem to work. Yeah. I don't know what your thoughts are when trying to do something like that. I I I still don't know the na- the the names of the songs. Yeah, on that it's, hard, it's hard to keep track of them. Yeah, well, I mean, because whenever I listen to it, I only put it in if I can listen to the whole damn thing. Yeah. So I'm I'm basically getting a two plus hour chunk of music. So I I don't remember the song titles because I'm not looking at it. I'm just getting into the story and the feel of the thing. So, um, yeah, yeah. So I I had a hard time with that one. That was kind of a battle for me. So, uh, all, right, all right. So what are we on now? Eight. Song eight, yes, and I have eleven in mind. So okay, song eight for me, we have the first and only solo of the night, Mister Jordan Rudess, of course. Um, and he doesn't usually solo much by himself. Usually, John is up there, kind of riffing along with him. At least he joins in at some point. So he's going to do all that. Uh, they don't usually go insanely long, maybe three, three, four minutes tops, and then everything's going to kind of mellow down. And we're going to hear the piano intro for Through Her Eyes. Ah, that's awesome. Nice. So, so you get the Jordan Rudis solo breaking down into Through Her Eyes. Nice. Yeah, I uh, I was trying to... I had something else um, originally to go after that, and it wasn't, it wasn't making sense. So I'm like, you know what? And I've just always loved that song and that melody. You know, it's just timeless to me. So I got to get that song in there because that's one of those other than seeing the when they did the full album i don't you know the odds you get that song are probably pretty damn slim sure uh, so yeah i mean i thought that was a perfect spot to put it there and uh, that's what we got awesome well for uh for my ni- uh, eighth song and my six seven and eight are all together we've done anna lee and along for the ride so we're on kind of a mellow trip I decided to bring it back to the heavy stuff with one of the most obnoxiously heavy riffs they've done. And it's a song I don't think anyone would guess that I put in here. I am uh, having the band dip their toes into the uh, uh, distance over time waters. And I actually have room 137. I figure you go from something to mellow, nice songs into something just obnoxious and weird and be like, kind of like, <laughs> You know, it's like a slap upside the head back into Dream Theater world. So I have Room 137, uh, and then I have James talking to the crowd for the final time of the evening. So I had you pegged for out, uh, out of reach, and then I knew you would pick something, you know, a little bit deeper on this. <laughs> so okay. I'm not shocked on this one. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right. So you're closing your set. Closing my set, I tried to not put the song in there. 
I, you know, I was lucky enough to, to, we just got to see it. And I was like, oh, maybe I'm burned out on it. And I was trying to talk myself. I'm like, I can't talk myself out of Count of Tuscany. I just can't. Do it. <laughs> I was wondering. I, I don't know. I mean, you, yeah, I mean, it, there's just no way. I, if, if I'm going and I get to make the set list, this is, this is going to be in there. <laughs> and rather than have it be the encore, I thought I would in, in the, in the second set with it. Awesome. Okay. So, uh, which, you know, which is great, but it deprives me of, you know, two other songs at least. <laughs> Sorry, sure. No, it's okay. See, now I have to do my nine, 10 and 11. So I have to, I have to end my <laughs> yeah, show here. Okay. <laughs> um, well, Kale says his number eight is Enigma Machine with the extended drum solo in the middle. Such a great show moment. And this late in the set, it's well-deserved. I completely agree with that. And his number nine is a break for Jordan Rudis, John Myung, and Mike Mangini with a real close and intimate version of Take Away My Pain. I love it. In parentheses, uh, this used to be beneath the surface, but nah, Take Away My Pain just for John. <laughs> I appreciate that, man. Thank you. I absolutely love that song. That's, that's definitely one of my top favorites of, you know, of their catalog. All right, so I've got my final three songs. James is, hey, guys, thanks for coming out. we got a few left, blah, 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 doing his thing. And uh, might be cliche here. But I have them going into our new world. It's one of my favorite riffs they've ever done. So uh, got to hear that. It's just absolutely phenomenal. I love the way that it fades out. And the fade out is a perfect time to fade into another song. And that song, Adam Rishog, here you go, Trial of Tears. So I thought that would make a really cool crossfade there. And... uh, you know, Trial of Tears, what can I say? Everyone knows it's my favorite Dream Theater song off my favorite Dream Theater record. So, of course, the very first song I chose to be in my list was Trial of Tears. And Trial of Tears also fades out, which lends itself to an awesome fade in of my show closer. And Brian, I stole this from you, and I'm absolutely shocked you didn't do this. My show closer... And this is why I didn't choose Learning to Live to close the show. My closer is In the Presence of Enemies Part 2, so that the whole show starts within the presence of enemies and ends with it bookends within the presence of enemies. I I don't remember what episode you posited that, but I thought that was one of the most badass show ideas I have ever heard. And I'm really surprised that you forgot about that and didn't do it because I, I, that's another thing I knew. I was like, oh, I'm doing that. I'm taking Hendrickson's idea. <laughs> Rip him <laughs> off. So, uh, yeah, so my final three are New World, fading out with the fade in of Trial of Tears, which then fades out and fades into In the Presence of Enemies Part 2. And that is the end of my second set, which leaves us with our encores. So, what is your encore? Well, it would seem like it's obvious, but Mike Mangini at one point was in a little band called Annihilator. So we're going to go into Alice in Hell. We're going to just play like the first <laughs> verse of that. Oh, my God. Uh, no, we're not going to do that. Uh, you know what? I was told. I was told there would be. Yeah, dude. I mean, you got those keyboards coming in, and you know it's Metropolis, and you know that Hendrix okay. cannot leave a dream theater <laughs> show unless he's heard Metropolis. <laughs> Even more right. so than, than any other song. Um. I just think it would, it's always should just be the last song. Okay. Almost That's, for me. I, it was, it's so hard to, it can't go in the first set. It's got to be in the second set. It's got to be towards the end. And uh, yeah, let's just come back out and 
bang out like probably one of the greatest melodic progressive rock songs like ever put pen to paper if they used to do yes. it that way. You know I, mean? <laughs> sure. I mean literally it's it's just that epic of a song yeah that that one's Me. very hard to argue with man that is definitely a an awesome encore uh rex jaycox is checking in first timer good to see you man he says hey there guys thanks for checking out the show man hope you're having a good time uh my encore is actually one that you've already used and Adam Rishog is going to be in all of his glory as, you know, the band comes back out on the stage, but only Jordan Rudis under one spotlight. He starts playing around with the continuum and we get Octavarium as the encore. I always picture that song at Radio City Music Hall and it was just so powerful. So I think to come out with that and, you know, like you said, you got like having an epic in there, you got to have one of the epics. And that's the one I thought would be really cool, especially for me at the end of, you know, my second set, which was a little more eclectic. You know, I've used that word before, but it's really kind of what it is. So, and I, th- I think Octavarium has a lot of weirdness to it. So I thought that would be a perfect choice uh, to close my show. So there you go. That that is that is our ultimate set lists. Um, what challenges did you have in putting this together? Because I wrote mine and I looked at it. I was like, all right, cool. I'm done. Printed it, ready to go. I must have got 40 text messages. Oh man, now I got this. Now I'm thinking about this. I just rewrote my whole first set. Oh man, this. Like you were having a hell of a time with it. So I, I, I was, man. I, and I was. It was a lot of recent. I don't know if you call it recency bias, but I mean, they do have this killer new album out, and and yep. we've said before how distance over time is like. Whenever we finally do get around to doing our album rank episode, it's it's going to be up there pretty damn high. Um, okay. So we, I leaned on that. Yeah, it was. So the one idea I did have, I don't know if I should give this away. <laughs> well, we're done with our show. So yeah, our, our, our set list. I so I really wanted show, to but... get pale blue dot in there. I love that song. I had the same idea. I, I was looking for a spot for that one too. So I was going to put it towards the end of set one, and what I wanted to do was, since it hasn't been that long since Neil appeared from Rush passed away, what would be on two years now, I think, um, I would have loved to have started with the ding, 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 ding. I don't know if you're not that familiar with Rush, but the song Countdown, uh, which is about the the original space shuttle, um, just a great song. There's all these cool like sound bites going on behind it and co- killer keyboards and killer drum parts. Like I would love for them to like play that and um show like images of neil and stuff you know and then kind of fade that out and then you get the beginning of of you know pale blue dot come in because they're both got the space theme to them you know i thought that would have just sure. been like killer you know because anytime dream theater plays a rush song it's gonna be amazing anyway yeah <laughs> you know but i don't know that was my one idea for that song but but i couldn't figure out where to exactly put it in there and i was like yeah i just i left it out so yeah, I I, w- I was looking for that one too. Um, Breaking all illusions was one that I was trying to think of a place to put. Um, oddly enough, I, I I was like, can I put something this weird in? I, I know you're gonna hate this, but light fuse and get away. I thought <laughs> would be a really cool selection. How do I um, mute you? <laughs> Dude, there's no way in a million years they would play that. Song. I'm just telling you now. No oh way. my god, that's hilarious. Well, dude, I thought, like I say, I wanted to do stuff like that. You, you don't, you, you don't see it coming. So yeah. I, I, you know, I, that's, 
I, I tried to write mine again with the idea of how it would flow in a, in an actual set, but also stuff where like the hardcore fans would be like, "Holy crap, no way!" I just thought that was something really cool to do, and so I was thinking about that one. Uh, there was at wit's end was one that I was like struggling with. Uh, Burning my soul was one that I really wanted to get in. Um, but I would have actually put Hell's Kitchen in the middle of it, like I was it was originally about to written. Say, how did you not put Hell's Kitchen in there? Yeah, you beat me to it. I am stunned you did not have that song in there. Well, I was looking, I was looking for an instrumental break, and I was like, you know what? It would be cool. Like Erotomania is just one you don't hear enough anymore. And so I thought that would be really cool to pull that one out and then do a double shot of Awake right there. So, but yeah, like I say, it was kind of funny because I only had to cut out a, a handful of songs. And I, like, for example, I, I cut out um, uh, Overture 1928. I, I was going to put that at the beginning of the show, but I was like, oh man, I was trying to figure out a way to work it in with uh, In the Presence of Enemies, but I'm like... The whole thing has to start within the presence of enemies. That's like the crux of my show. Book ending with part one and part two of In the Presence of Enemies. So I couldn't do that. And then it just didn't really feel like it fit somewhere else to me. You know what? what's kind of weird that you just mentioned that? The first album that was the toughest of trying to figure out if you wanted to do anything different was astonishing. Scenes from a memory was, I mean, obviously you can do Spirit Carries On. But like I was trying to do deja vu and I'm like strange deja vu and I'm like, I don't think I can just do this on its own. It's a little it didn't make sense. You know, I had it in there yeah. like, oh, I'm gonna put this right in after this, and then I'm like, no. You know, and then I had the the first uh oh, what's the first one before Fatal Tragedy or whatever? Is that what it's called? The first incarnation of the riff from Through Her Eyes. It's only the minute and a half song. Oh, had, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I had that, I'm but then to like go into uh I think it's fatal tragedy. Tragedy. Sorry if I'm getting the songs wrong here, but yeah. I'm like, I'm like, well, this feels a little weird because at the end he's like doing the talking thing again with the with the shrink or whatever. Yeah. And uh, I'm like, well, this like I had that in there for a while, and I'm like, this is weird, man. <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> unless you're just gonna flat out kind of go a spirit carries on or what I did, which is like, all right, let's sort of cheat and do a keyboard solo and then go into through her eyes. I I had a tough time with that album. Yeah, I d I did too. A lot of my choices came down to obvious stuff that I like and then weird choices to kind of make it kind of a funky set list. Like, because I, I like those moments where you go, oh, what the hell? Like, you know, when we saw him in, you know, uh, Greenville, Pennsylvania on the Images tour and the first set they busted out to live forever. I, I was like, holy crap. Like, I love stuff like that. So I wanted to have those moments in, in my set. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, like you said, I think you, you think the band would kill me if I suggested them going back to back with Status Seeker and Space Time Fest. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I, I just thought it'd be cool, you know, and I mean, it, it probably wouldn't be very popular, you know, as a pair of selections, but I just think if you get those sorts of things live that, you know, the yeah. shock, the shock factor kind of outweighs how much you like the song in certain instances like that. Cause you could say, holy crap, I got to see that song live. So, the only thing you kind of surprised me on was I would have thought you would have had your order a little different. I thought you would have ended with uh, Octavarium and then did the uh, Trail of Tears um, for the encore. I, I, That's what threw me off a little bit. I, I, As much as I love Trial of Tears, I think if they come, come out with that as an encore, it doesn't feel like an encore to me. 
Um, and also in looking what so- at what songs I had left, again, you know, the fade outs cross really well. Yeah. So, I mean, Trial Tears fades in and out, so it's a perfect sandwich song. You know, between you know the first song that has a fade out and the third song that has a fade in. So I just thought that it like fit perfectly doing it that way. So did you try at all to do what they did on the tour we saw where they did the two uh, six degrees songs back to back? Did you try to finagle something like that without putting the whole thing in there? Or did you consider the whole thing or? Um, I mean, you've already for, seen it, so it's probably like <laughs> yeah. Um, for a minute I did, but then I was like, you know. Taking up like forty five minutes of, of the show, that's literally yep. like one quarter of the show. And yep. I'm like, man, I got so many other things that I would like to I, I would like to see. And you know, I like when there's more songs. You know, right. I mean th- this last tour was cool. You know, the song selection was great, but having only, you know, ten songs was kinda like you know, I mean they're super long and everything, but it's you kinda like wish that there was more. So I kind of wanted to have a number of selections in there. And honestly, the weirdest thing for me was when I when I whittled it down, I really thought I was going to have to cut a whole bunch out due to time. And I came in 15 minutes under. I was like, what the hell? So that was kind of weird for me. So I, yeah, I really I'm didn't exactly think that... Two, uh, exactly two minutes over on set one, 132. Set two, now this includes the encore. So the encore is technically, I'm at 141. Okay. So basically thir- 13 minutes over. So we're almost exact, right? <laughs> Look at Kale. He says, did you try to put six degrees in there and then realize that you needed to have Ministry of Lost Souls so you ended up with just about to crash? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Kale taking shots. No, I agree on your thing about the last tour. You know, like I was trying on this. I was trying to sort of like, okay, I don't want too many of, you know, almost like you're saying, you use the word eclectic, which is sort of, like you know, that's also applies more to the weird songs you kind of picked. I don't you know weird yeah. quotation marks. Yeah, but also like I I want I don't want it to be okay. Here's seven heavy songs in a row. Here's four epics in a row. Here's you know here's nine mellow ones. I was trying to like sort of pace it like okay we bashed yeah. ourselves over the head. This is real dark and heavy. Now it's let's have something lighthearted. You know like like transcending time or whatever. And uh, you know I was just trying to trying to like just sort of pace it like that. You know almost kind of like you did almost like two and three song segments and here's what we're trying to portray here and here's the energy we think we can get back and give and 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 you know like you said you've had a lot of experience you know putting that kind of stuff together and you know like hey man sweet home alabama that's got to go in the second set you know you can't come right out of the with that <laughs> with playing tubby wild you know that's got to be oh later. my god oh playing pop covers just sucks <laughs> so uh what well, man this was this was a blast. This was really fun to put together. Uh, I, th- I think a lot of our viewers had some great ideas in here. So uh, Chris Moran, Kale, Adam, uh, Robert Reams. Uh, you guys, man, great great suggestions in here. So that was a lot of fun. Um, man, and as I said earlier, Brian, we still got a lot of cool stuff in the pipeline coming up. So um, one thing that I can confirm, I don't know when we're going to be doing this episode. But I have been keeping in touch with Rich Wilson after our interview with him. And he wanted to come back on the show, and he wants to do our deep dive of Octavarium. So our whenever we get to Octavarium, that's going to be a three-man deep dive with Dream Theater biographer Rich Wilson. So that one's going to be cool. Um, I have an email out to uh, 
I, I guess I can say it. I, I, it's not confirmed yet, but he said he's definitely wanting to come on, so we're just trying to get things scheduled correctly. Uh, Peter Wildewer, drummer from Darkane. Uh, you may remember him as one of the, basically the finalists for Mike Portnoy's spot back in 2010. So he's going to come on and talk about, you know, in depth about the audition and all the behind the scenes of what actually went on when the band was looking for a replacement for Mike Portnoy. Uh, we are going to do a deep dive of Rush's moving pictures. Where, and this is a, this is kind of a cool crossover episode for me, Brian. Uh, we're doing that with uh, a guy whose name is Dan Madsen. And he's actually from the world of Star Wars and Star Trek. He originated Star Wars Celebration, which is like my favorite thing to do on this earth. Um, so he, he originated that convention. He also started the very first Star Trek fan club and Star Wars fan club. But he is actually an enormous Rush fan. Like he cannot get enough Rush. And his favorite record is Moving Pictures. So I said, hey, would you want to? I interviewed him on my nerd podcast, the Nerf Herder Council. And I said, hey, would you want to come on my music show and talk some Rush? And he's like, hell yeah. So we're going to be doing that. Um, and then we got a couple other irons in the fire in terms of interviews, and you've come up with some really cool, really cool ideas. So, yeah, we got a lot of cool stuff coming up, man. It's it's very exciting. The future is so bright, we have to wear shades, as it were. It is. <laughs> Adam Rishog says that he wants to be a part of the scenes from a memory deep dive. No. <laughs> okay. Yes. There you go, Adam. There you go. <laughs> so we That's can definitely sweet. accommodate you there. Um, yeah, and guys, don't forget, if you would like to get one of those Astonishing Tour mini programs, uh, our buddy, good buddy Sean Faust actually gifted those to us specifically for giveaways. So thank you very much to Sean for uh, sending those over to us all the way from New Jersey. So if you would like an Astonishing Tour mini program, just shoot us an email at talkingintoinfinity at gmail.com, and I'd be more than happy to get one out to you. Again, please, uh, got to be U.S. only. Because the shipping cost to go overseas is quite a bitch, so <laughs> so found that one out the hard way, Brian. So um, yeah, again, th- this was awesome, man. So we're gonna be back at this again in two weeks on Thursday, July fourteenth at seven thirty p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Do you have any idea of what you want to talk about on that one? Well, if all goes well, I may have just been to the Jordan Rudess show, so I'm not totally oh sure. that's he's, right he's here saturday july uh, 9th yeah yeah so i'm not 100 percent sure i can go to that but if i am we will talk of a lot about that and, beautiful uh, we'll come up with something even you'll if be, i wasn't there i'll just pretend that i was and <laughs> just say you were <laughs> just hey, look he up really good. <laughs> played a lot of songs <laughs> right <laughs> so yeah I'm, I'm hoping to go to that show so i know you can't you got a gig right yeah, while you're while you're looking at someone playing extremely technical music with class and grace, I'll be on stage in Crydersville, Ohio, shotgunning a beer out of a prosthetic leg. Nice. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah, two two different worlds there for sure. But um, yeah, guys, and one last thing: if if you have not caught our interviews with Jordan Rudis and Rich Wilson and Paul Logue, Chance Labrie, and James Labrie. Go check those out. Again, you can find them on our YouTube channel, or you can find them on Heavy Metal Television. You could download the audio versions and listen to them however you listen to your audio podcasts. Uh, we had an 
absolute blast doing those shows. There's some really, really, really cool information in those. And um, I, you know, Brian and I are just really proud of those and think you guys are really going to dig it. So um, please go check those out. And again, to everybody in the chat, Kale and Adam, JG3, good to see you, man. Rex J. Cox. Uh, Chris Moran, all you guys, Robert Reams, Robert Houston, it's great to see all of you. We will be back here on Thursday, July 14th at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And until then, guys, carpe diem. Hey, everyone. Thanks for checking out Talking Into Infinity, a Dream Theater podcast. Just wanted to remind you that we want you to be a part of the show. If you give us a like on Facebook or follow us on Twitter, at T-I-I-D-T Podcast, we post the schedule of when we are recording the show live. It is a streaming video platform on our Facebook and YouTube pages, and it has a live chat feature where you can comment on the show, ask questions, and we can bring your remarks up on the screen and have you drive the conversation. So, again, give us a like on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at T-I-I-D-T Podcast. And come hang out with us and be a part of the show. Thanks again and carpe diem.